0: caught up in the growing conflict between great britain and its north american colonies stretching along the atlantic sea coast from massachusetts south to georgia on the border of spanish florida the unrest centered on a dispute over the legitimate authority the british government could exert over its colonists who especially objected to what they termed illegal and unconstitutional taxes imposed on them from london By the time John began residence in Boston, talk of possible armed conflict between mother country and colonies began to spread. The most ardent opponents of Great Britain's policy phrased their position as affirming local liberty against British tyranny. Some even began to speak of revolution, of independence. No colony outpaced Massachusetts in the increasing tension and in the determination, if necessary, to confront British authority with force. British officials in London and Boston responded in kind, committed to upholding what they believed imperial rights and prerogatives, which they equated with law and order. John Adams found himself not only in the midst of this developing quarrel, but also thrust forward by it. He took a leading role in opposing the Stamp Act, passed by Parliament in 1765, arguing that the British government had no right to levy a tax on Massachusetts because the colony had no representation in that body. Then, in 1770, he defended British soldiers, accused of killing four Massachusetts inhabitants in a confrontation that became widely known as the Boston Massacre. Although in this instance he seemingly took the side of the imperial master, to many in the city and the colony, his stand denoted moral courage. In 1771, he was elected to the colony's House of Representatives. Three years later, he was chosen as a member of the Massachusetts delegation to the Continental Congress, where he served until 1778. In the Congress, which met in Philadelphia, men from throughout the colonies came together in an attempt to fashion a unified stance toward Great Britain. From the outset, Adams had influence. Vigorously supporting independence, in 1776 he was named to the committee assigned to prepare a document declaring the 13 American colonies independent of Great Britain. And on July 4, 1776, the Continental Congress adopted its handiwork, the Declaration of Independence, drafted chiefly by Adams's fellow committeeman, Thomas Jefferson of Virginia, who would have a major part in his future. By that time, the fledgling United States had become engaged in a shooting war with the mother country. In April 1775, the first bullets had been fired in the village of Lexington, Massachusetts, just north of Boston. In 1778, Adams was sent to France to complete negotiations for a treaty of alliance with that country. The newly independent United States was at war with the greatest military power of the age. Confronting an invasion, the hard-pressed American government needed an ally to compete with overwhelming British strength. France, Great Britain's chief adversary in Europe, seemed a likely prospect. The French had continued to chafe at their defeat by the British in 1763 in the French and Indian War, a war that had cost them the loss of most of their North American colonies. Moreover, France still possessed a navy that could challenge British might at sea. But by the time Adams arrived, a treaty had already been concluded. Thus he returned home. Back in Massachusetts, he attended as a delegate the State Constitutional Convention. There he was the principal author of the first Massachusetts Constitution, adopted in 1780. Yet he quickly returned to Europe as a member of the American Commission charged with negotiating a treaty of peace with Great Britain. His diplomatic duties kept him in Europe until the end of the Revolution in 1783. Concluding as the first American minister to Great Britain, from 1784 to 1788. The American Revolution and his father's participation in it were thus critical in the life of young John Quincy Adams. He often remarked that his memories began with events of the Revolution. When asked at age 60 whether he remembered that at about the time of the Battle of Lexington a company of militia had spent the night in his family's property in Braintree, he replied that he distinctly did so. He furthermore specified that his father had placed him in the midst of the citizen-soldiers, where he went through the manual exercise of the musket by word of command from one of them. He recollected other memorable events and occurrences. Even before the shots at Lexington, his family had moved back to Braintree from Boston.